traditions on this land here in the UK and, and in Europe and other traditions all over the world followed this circle. These circles that existed around, let's say, the wheel of the year that really, really helped us to, to connect and appreciate and value this relationship that we have with life, with everything that is living. Welcome to the Wild Minds podcast for people interested in health, nature-based therapy and learning. We explore cutting-edge approaches that help us improve our relationship with ourselves, others and the natural world. My name is Marina Robb. I'm an author, entrepreneur, forest school, outdoor learning and nature-based trainer and consultant and pioneer in developing green programs for the health service in the UK. You're listening to episode 20, Earth's Whispers, Embracing Winter's Wisdom. So I'm not feeling so well today. I'm full of cold. But before I take my own advice and slow down, I wanted to reflect on this season and how our lives can be supported and understood by noticing the living world around us. What are the other animals and plants up to? Winter in the Northern Hemisphere no doubt gives us an opportunity to go within, to spend some time with ourselves, loved ones in holiday time, and take some time off responding to those external demands. Historically, as we approached the winter solstice, it was a time to dream and build a hopeful vision of the year ahead as well as restore ourselves enough to maintain health over the scarcer months that are still ahead. Today I want to share my thanks, my gratitude to all of the non-human species out there and I'm thinking particularly about the trees and the plants and all the animals that live in the world like we do. And as some of you can hear, I've got a cold, so I'm going to do my best to to communicate clearly. Um, And it made me really think about the importance of slowing down and how so many people, so many of us can get ill when we don't slow down and we don't listen and we don't rest. And nature really, really reminds us um, to, to, to follow our own seasons, to notice times when we need to be like the summer, be like the sun, be bright and full of energy and times when we need to be much quieter and go within and tend to ourselves and rest and listen to ourselves. And I've also been really noticing how it's just so easy to fall into that idea of talking about nature like it's out there, like I just did, about the trees that are out there or the animals are out there, and really, really just forgetting that as a human, 
that I'm not nature as well. And I think we've spent thousands and thousands of years doing this so that we're at this point in time where we forget that we are part of nature. And I hear so many times in in the kind of world that I'm within about, remember that we're part of nature. But to do that, it's not a thinking thing because our heads, our heads are always trying to kind of categorise and separate things and put that object there and that object there. But actually, when we get out of our heads and into our feelings and into our senses, it's there that we can start to feel that we are the same, uh, that we share so much with this natural living world and that the senses that we have, our responses to light, our responses to being touched, our responses to chemicals that exist outside and inside of us really, really affects the way we feel and and that we can actually help ourselves by being much, much more sensitive to, to these things that are going on. So nature really is a challenging word because it, it, as I said, it others, it others everything that's out there. And I've been thinking about that as well, this othering that goes on, that we other nature as being kind of separate from us and we other people that are different from us. And that really kind of, when we other things, we, we kind of somehow end up in this kind of potential at least to have this kind of hierarchy going on that something is better than when we other something instead of really this sense of this deep equality this deep living equality where we are all alive and all have a place if you like in the circle of life you know and there's this part of me that even when I say the circle of life, you know, everyone always laughs at that because my other organisation is called Circle of Life Rediscovery and, you know, how um, Elton John's song Circle of Life is kind of so kind of twee, you know, and, uh, and, and actually in a way by making it twee, if that's the right word, <laughs> it kind of makes it um, all very kind of nice and not grounded in what we mean when we say the circle of life. And actually, traditions on this land here in the UK and and in Europe and other traditions all over the world followed this circle, these circles that existed around, let's say, the wheel of the year that really, really helped us to, to connect and appreciate and value this relationship that we have with life with everything that is living and at this time of year which at the moment is December here it's that time of year in the northern hemisphere where the light is becoming less and less and we're entering right into the midst of winter which we call the winter solstice on the 21st of December, which I know is celebrated by multiple cultures um, around the world as well. But this time of year where as the darkness grows and in that darkness, it feels like there is that potential 
for new life. And I think that kind of metaphor is, is so important as well, that in the darkness there is potential for new life. And, and that can feel important also for the emotions, or even when you're not well, like when I've been lying in bed coughing my guts out and feeling very sorry for myself and kind of fighting it, is that when I allow myself to go into that place and to be alongside it rather than kind of fighting it or defending myself, there's some kind of uh, relax, peace, relaxingness that kind of that comes, I suppose that sort of surrender of being in a place that's really, really uncomfortable and being alongside that and trusting that from that something else will come. And the earth and the land shows us that. So if you've been walking in the woods lately, um, you'll see that at this point of the year, all the, the trees that lose their leaves have now lost their leaves and they've carpeted the ground with leaves and it's, it's, it's like a carpet over the earth that somehow keeps the warmth, enough warmth in the soil, this soil that's teeming, teeming with life. And this carpet, this blanket has covered all those seeds that have grown through the year, all those seeds that came from those flowers, those beautiful flowers of the summer that were fertilised and produced these fruits or these seeds that have landed, either dropped, eaten, <laughs> landed on the soil and have been covered by this blanket of, of leaves. And so just imagine for a moment that whilst we see the earth as this quiet, potentially restful place, all the potential for life is in the earth. All those seeds have the potential for life. And they're not objects. They're not, what I mean by objects, they're not lifeless. They're not, uh, what's that word, inert. You know, they have life in them. That acorn that has the oak tree in them, that hawthorn berry that has the hawthorn tree in them. All those seeds and the potential for growth. So I've been really thinking about and observing that happened this year. And I've been observing that this time of year is kind of linked as it is to the winter, it's linked to the old age, to the kind of wintering of your life or the season of elderhood. And in some ways here, I've been seeing the trees and the leaves curling in and the, the kind of layers of wrinkles of those older trees and, and the pulling in. And I don't know if ever any one of you have been spending any time with older people recently and, and especially older people that are at the end of their life. You can see this really kind of in, in a way, a very, very, very gentle kind of pulling in and curling in towards the end of their life as they, as that kind of nourishment comes within and is 
finding a place to rest. And, and in that time, in, 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 in that time, in that time of life, in that time of that season, in that winter time, it becomes clearer that you can dream. This is a call out to all you educators and health practitioners. Are you ready to revolutionize your career with outdoor learning? Don't let your practice become stale. You could be depriving your students or clients of life-changing outdoor experiences. Envision a world of possibilities, masterclasses, 120 instructional videos, and year-long session plans, all accessible at theoutdoorteacher.com slash certificate. Enhance your career and embark on an extraordinary learning journey today. And lastly, if you're based in the UK, why not immerse yourself in nature with one of my transformative trainings in the beautiful landscapes of Sussex? Discover more about our in-person courses at circleoflife-rediscovery.com. The potential of that seed or that life, that possible life is the possibility of dreaming, the possibility of imagining what might be, what could be, what might be coming. And yeah, it feels so important at this time, if you can out there, wherever you are in the world, to give some time to your dream, to the, the seeds that you've allowed to fall, that have fallen from you in different ways that are often covered, those little seeds are often covered in those fruit, but they need to rest and they need to have time to compost, to be blanketed, to go into that darkness, to go into that darkness like little stars, to dream and to see what is possible. And it feels at this time, as we approach the winter solstice, that we can think about that, that possibility of what we want to call into the next period of time and what we need in order to nurture those dreams and those hopes. And at the same time, to really feel this relationship with our fellow natural world <laughs> that we are part of, our fellow species, and to remember that that if we can treat something that we don't know as a kind of powerful stranger and that we know that those things that we don't know they may have a different way of communicating they may look different to us um but how exciting that they are different to us that they hold a piece of life that is different to us, that we can learn from, that seems so important. So we need community. Every, everything that, that lives needs other things to live. <laughs> and it feels to me that this is a time to really celebrate community and to find ways of giving to community, 
to giving to somebody else, to listening deeply and to really being kind and finding ways to to be helpful and and to know deeply that there is this constant relationship between everything and that we can trust when we give that there we will also receive because it, it, it there is no way of that not happening in some way and and yeah I'm, I'm thinking out there if you're listening <laughs> that to remember to consider somebody or something that that you've received something for and to have that gratitude for that again at this time of year I wanted to kind of name about the importance of hospitality and welcoming and feels like in the world out there that we've in a way been conditioned to fight you know survive and to think about our own individual needs and that is important but in doing that we end up kind of being quite isolated that we have to look after our immediate things and we and then we don't have a community so easily this is particularly in the west we're, we're very much brought up with this kind of individual lens and and not actually this comfort of having a community that we can support and they can support us and I know that there are so many other cultures that that aren't brought up like that that are brought up to really uh, value the community. And and I, and I don't even mean to say just in the West because that's just so not true. You know, it could also be a very class thing that, that you know, the kind of more wealthier that people become, the more individualistic they become, perhaps because we fear we're going to lose it. Whereas actually when we work as a community, we're more likely to be able to lean into each other and trust each other and know that when we're not okay, that we can actually um, be supported. And that's mirrored also in the way that the plants work with each other, that they're off always feeding each other in different ways. Um, as we know, the recent research around the way the older trees will make sure that younger trees have what they need to grow and so on. So let's remember about the importance of hospitality and welcoming and thinking about how we can do that and how we can take that risk of changing something about ourselves, changing something about the way we think that is different. You know, all this idea of wildness and domestication this domesticated is really about that conditioning of being enclosed, of being um, kind of this idea that when we domesticate, we we create these kind of fences around us in a way, and and we become we lose our kind of wilder selves. This this ability to kind of go right out and explore different places, explore different ways of thinking, and and when we do that we can have some really wonderful experiences and learn from other people. So with that, I'm going to leave you with a thought of the holly tree. 
A holly tree feels really important at this time of year. It's a it's an evergreen tree and it and it kind of symbolizes the life thought the life force in the depths of winter. And if you can imagine that holly, that that deep green holly that stays that deep green, perhaps with its red berries, despite many, many of the other trees losing their leaves at this time of year. And this is tree is regarded of, as a tree of great strength. It represents the potency of this life force in the midst of darkness. And it, it, it helps us to think about and bring this idea of balance power, this idea of shared power. And it's a wood that burns brightly and strongly. And just like so many of the plants, it's got the leaves that surprisingly you can make a cup of tea with. You can actually put a couple of leaves into a tree, into a tree. You can actually put a couple of leaves into a mug and make an infusion. And as you can see, as my nose fills up <laughs> and I need to blow my nose, it's a tea for colds, catarrh, influenza, and it really helps with coughs. So folks, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go find myself a holly leaf and make myself a cup of tea. See you soon, bye. Join me on Christmas Day for episode 21 when you'll meet Angharad Wynn, who will take us on an ancient journey through time of myth, folklore and spirituality of pre-Christian Britain. We explore animistic philosophy and we have a deep and wholehearted conversation that I am sure you will enjoy. For those of you feeling unwell, I wish you health, rest and healing. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wild Minds podcast. If you enjoyed it and want to help support this podcast, please subscribe, share and leave a rating and review wherever you get your podcasts. Your review will help others find the show. To stay updated with the Wild Minds podcast and get all the behind the scenes content, you can visit theoutdoorteacher.com or follow me on Facebook at The Outdoor Teacher UK and LinkedIn marina rob the music was written and performed by jeff rob see you next week same time same place curious about the guitar music in my podcast it's actually my husband Jeff Robb he's taking his woodland inspired show the music of trees on tour in England and Wales this May June and July get tickets at jeffrobb.com slash shows mm -hmm.